Welcome to the W2 Prison Break Show, a podcast and YouTube series hosted by real estate investor, author, and coach Brian O'Neill. Tune in each week as we interview business owners who have successfully planned and executed their W2 Prison Break. You'll hear their stories, learn about their challenges, and what ultimately pushed them over the edge and gave them the courage to break free. Most importantly, you'll discover they are not much different than you. Listen in each week as we give you useful insights and action items to start your W-2 prison break and get you on the path you are always meant to be on. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the W-2 Prison Break Show where we are bringing you great guests every single week who are going to share their stories about how they broke free from their W-2 prison. We're going to give you resources. We're going to give you advice. We're going to dive into their stories. And again, people from all walks of life. Today, we're going to be talking with a good friend of mine. I've known him for a few years. His name is Russell Ham, and he was born minutes away from Disneyland in Anaheim, California. He's lived in California his entire life. And he's a coach after he graduated from high school. He became a high school basketball coach. He's been coaching for for 30 plus years. And not until recently, the last three years, did he start to create his own business. He has his own real estate business. You're going to hear about that in the episode. And now he has recently left his W-2 job. And you're going to hear about that because this is really fresh. So it's fresh in his mind. And you're going to hear all about some of the things that he did, some of the pivots that he made in his life to free up cash flow, and then also his mindset. Because again, we talk a lot about on this show how critical mindset is. So you're going to meet Russell and you're going to hear all about how he was able to do this with just making a few tweaks in his life. So enjoy the episode. Russ, welcome to the show, my friend. Good to see you. Looking forward to chatting with you today. Thank you. Appreciate it, Brian. Yeah. And for those of you who don't know and who are not watching on YouTube, Russell and I share something in common, which is we're both lovers of the Cowboys. I don't know if that's a blessing or a curse, but you can't see it, but he's got a big wall mural. I'm going to have, have, have him turn his camera. Yeah. Oh, look at that. There it is, the whole wall. So I got the Witten helmet and the Romo bobblehead. I mean, you know, <laughs> I don't know. People might stop listening to the show at this point, Russell, but uh, we do have that in common. So thanks for being on. And, you know, we've got some actually some exciting news to share for the W2 Prison Break listeners. This show is all about breaking free from the job that, you know, you feel trapped in. And I'm just going to let you tell it, Russell, you know, tell us about what has recently happened to you. And maybe you can even go back a little bit further to what you were doing, how long you were there for. Right. So yeah, let me just rewind to 1999, I guess, 1998, when I started teaching, but you can rewind all the way back to 1988, when my basketball coach asked me to become his assistant at the high school level, high school basketball. So 1988, that's a long time ago. Really? My very first coaching job was an assistant freshman basketball coach. So I was super excited because my coach invited me to be on his staff. So, you know, I went to community college for a bit, but I knew I needed to be a teacher in order to be a head coach. That was my ultimate goal was to be a head coach someday. 
1998, became a teacher. So then I started my journey. I was a PE teacher, high school basketball coach, right? And I thought that was, I made it, <laughs> right? I have this secure job. I'm going to get a pension, you know, in 30 years or whatever it was going to be. So, you know, 23 years later, I fired my boss. I fired my district, right? So to speak. So I'm not sure I stopped coaching after my daughter went to college. I had to stop coaching high school sports altogether. And then it wasn't in my heart anymore, the teaching part. I love teaching. I love coaching. And I guess we'll get into that in a little bit. But yeah, it's been what? three days now that I fired my district. <laughs> fired your district. Okay. Yeah. So that's great. Congratulations. That's great. awesome. I mean, there's a lot of people out there listening that want to fire their district or their boss or, you know, whatever terminology you want to use. Right. How long do you think this has been on your mind? Well, first of all, how does it feel? And then second follow-up question would be, how long has doing this been on your mind? Right. So to answer your first question, how does it feel? It's scary, right? And people probably, my friends and my coworkers are probably saying, what are you doing? <laughs> you have this secure job, you have this constant paycheck and you're making good money. You're going to get a pension, you know, when you're 62 and a half and, and you're going to max out at, at this month, you know, people are, you know, and we, you know, the district recently got a raise this year. Mm. Right? We got a 7% raise and my friends are like, what are you doing? <laughs> and I'm like, it's time, right? And so it actually dates back to 2000 when I read Rich Dad, Poor Dad and mm -hmm. the Four Quadrants. So obviously, you know, being a W-2, you're in the E section, right, of the quadrant. I always wanted to be on the right side of the quadrant, business owner, investor. Right. Um, but I just didn't have the fun. I didn't have the capital. I didn't have the knowledge. My mindset was, you know, be a teacher, you know, and do what you're supposed to do as far as being in a secure job. That was my mindset. So I've always had kind of the dream of being an investor, being a real estate investor, or, you know, being on the right side of the quadrant, but you get stuck in that rat race, right? So, but it was just in 2019 when I joined Smart Real Estate Coach, my mindset shifted a bit at the time. I still had a secure mindset. But yeah, 2019, my mindset kind of shifted a bit. That's when it shifted. And okay, so 2000, you read the book that pretty much every real estate investor has read. That's what got me started. I didn't read it in 2000. I wish I had. But so 20 years, you know, 20 something years, you're trying to break out. For me, it was about the same amount of time. And we have similar paths because we're part of the same, you know, mastermind, the same community. And you know, you mentioned something about mindset, like you didn't have the right mindset. You had the mindset that all the people who are telling you, what are you doing? What are you doing? You are getting a 7% raise. You know, why are you doing this steady paycheck steady? And, you know, while there's probably a lot of stability in your job, Russ, you know, you're still expendable, right? And maybe I think you realize that at some point. And then you had mentioned that you just kind of lost the passion for it, it sounds like, for teaching. I think you definitely want to be a coach and you are a coach. We'll get into that in a minute, but it sounds like you maybe lost the passion for going at it every day. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, COVID kind of helped my decision. It actually, you know, some people froze during COVID. Mm -hmm. I felt I thrived as far as my mindset. You know, I teach PE. So, you know, I'm at home <laughs> in front of my computer trying to teach PE. So, but I was able to 
it was only half day. I was done. I was doing it noon every day. So it helped because I was able to focus on my business. Right. And I got a couple of properties under, under contract during COVID. And I'm like, yeah, I can do this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and then just, I don't want to get into, you know, the kids, you know, the kids and how it's shifted a bit, but being at home and being able to work on my business really shifted my mindset. I was able to read a lot. I was able to you know, listen to a lot of podcasts and just really dive into a different way of thinking, right? Definitely. So tell us, you mentioned a couple of properties. So tell us about your business. What is it that you're doing? And, you know, how did you get involved with that? And then, you know, I know that that's really what shifted your mindset and ultimately, you know, gave you the, I don't know if I'm using the right word, the courage or the comfortability to do what you just did, which most people, which a lot of people want to do, which is to leave your job, right? And do your own thing. So talk about what your business is. Yeah. So if you're not familiar with Smart Real Estate Coach, we buy and sell on terms, lease purchase, owner financing, something too. And it it attracted me, like I said, back in 2000, you know, I wanted to get on the right side of the quadrant. So, you know, during 2018, 2019, we were living paycheck to paycheck. We were making, my wife and I both are teachers, you know, we make decent money, but we were knee deep and I still have student loans from 1998 which is crazy. She has student loans. So we were knee deep in debt. So we made some structural decisions financially, which freed up a lot of some cash. And so I just started kind of like, okay, what do I want to do? Do I want to fix and flip? Do I want to buy and hold? The Burr method, you know, I was really looking into the Burr method. And obviously it took capital, right? I, that's why I, I kind of mentioned in 2000, like we don't have the funds we have a, a daughter almost going to college. We have a son, you know, it, it was in middle school. So we're like, you know, I can't be like throwing money out there in a risky, you know, some people, it could be risky, but I didn't have the knowledge, right? If I had the knowledge of fix and flip or, or the burn method, then, you know, probably wouldn't, wouldn't be as risky as it was, but I just didn't have the knowledge, right? So I r- ran into smart real estate coach, which is you're buying on terms. There's no money out of your pocket, right? You're just... You're in the middle, you're buying here, you're selling here without money coming out of your pocket. That really attracted me. And then the coach part, right? The mm-hmm. last part of the smart real estate coach. I'm like, well, I'm a coach. <laughs> Let me just dive in, right? So I dove in in 2019 and it just kind of took off from there. And I just kind of put my head down. I'm like, well, this is something that I want to do. I wanted to transition because I knew I was in the back end of my teaching career, right? Yeah. And at the time I had, 13 years left. <laughs> and in my mind, I'm like, well, there's no way I can, I can't do 13 years. 13 years to the pension, right? Is that what you're 13 years to, to the pension? To right? the pension. Everyone, everyone, so all my teacher friends are just like, how much longer do you have to your full pension? Right. Mm-hmm. And that's what attracted me to your podcast, which is, <laughs> it sounded like a prison. <laughs> it sounded like I was in prison. You know, and I was maxed out, right? I was maxed. I, you're only maxed out as a teacher. You have a ceiling, right? In terms of your income, you're referring you, to. You have a ceiling and you said, you know, I'm expendable, not necessarily, at, you know, unless I do something really stupid. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not necessarily expendable as a teacher. You, you know, you, you can't get fired. <laughs> you're just, and you can be the worst teacher of all time and still get a paycheck monthly. But that is, in the end, it wasn't appealing. Yeah. And being with Smart Real Estate Coach, the opportunity to be able to coach still right? 
sellers, you're, you're, you're coaching sellers because they don't know what terms means. Mm-hmm. You're coaching buyers because they can't get financing today. So they just need time. So you're coaching them along, right? You're still impacting people's lives on both ends, right? You know, investor sometimes has a negative connotation to it. Either you're, you're trying to come in and you're swooping, you're swooping no properties at a lower percentage just so you can get that property and you can yeah. flip it and make a profit, right? That's what appealed to me, smart real estate coach was it's not necessarily about the profit. Yeah, we want to make money, it's a business, but it's also about helping people. And that's what yeah. And that's your coach mentality. Sorry to interrupt you there. I mean, uh, the coach, you said a couple of things that really resonated with you. First of all, I want to give everyone listening a resource. We keep talking about smart real estate coach and buying on terms. If you don't know what that is, and real estate is something that you're looking at as a vehicle to potentially break out of your W-2, I would encourage everyone. I'll leave a link in the show notes of where you can go to take a, a free master's class to learn about what we're discussing a little bit more because most people don't know that you can buy and sell properties with no money down and none of your own credit. It's something that I do in my real estate business, something that Russell does in his real estate business. And we've seen hundreds and hundreds of people do it and do it successfully. And if for no other reason other than imagine you could buy your next house, your primary residence, with no money down and none of your own credit, what could that do for you and your family? So we'll leave a link in the notes for you to go check out that class. It's free. And then the other thing that you had mentioned in the beginning, Russell, which is very important, was it sounded like you made some, you had student loan debt, very common. A lot of us have student loan debt and that can kind of prevent you from doing something different because like, I got to pay for this. I have to pay for this and I have to stay in my job. I assume that's what kept you there for a long time, but it sounds like you made some pivots without getting into, you know, details, you know, and numbers and such. Like what were some of the strategies that you employed that was able to get you out of that or make that a little bit more palatable for you so that you could, you know, chase your dreams and become your own boss? Yeah, great question. So there's two specific things that we did, which is, it's a strategy called velocity banking Mm -hmm. and infinite banking concept. So the velocity banking is you take what we did, which was a HELOC. We had a lot of equity in our our home. So you take a home equity line of credit and you just, you pay off certain debts and then you throw your paycheck into the HELOC and then you pay your expenses out of the HELOC. And over time, if you have cash flow, the equity, the home equity line of credit drops, right? Because mm-hmm. you're throwing your paycheck in there, you're paying expenses. If you have cash flow, that cash flow eats away at the HELOC. And then once the HELOC drops a certain level, then you, we call it chunking, you chunk out another debt, credit card, whatever it was, and then you just rinse and repeat, right? Rinse and repeat. And so we were able to pay off a lot of the high-end credit cards, high interest rate credit cards, which created more cash flow and you know dropped our debt and then i got into infinite banking concept which is life insurance policy a little life insurance policy it's called bank on yourself there's a lot of different ways you can say it and you got to get the right one right there's different ones out there different products that as they say so you want to make sure you get the right one make sure you're speaking to the right person who's going to set up these policies so we were able to what i did was i you know they tell you to do, it was called a TSA at the time or 401B, you know, a TSA is more for teachers. Right. 
And, you know, they take it out of your paycheck every day or every month. Mm-hmm. And then you wait until when? Until you retire, right? <laughs> and you can't touch it. You can't do anything about it, right? You just got to wait. And then what I was, you know, reading and YouTubing and all that, you know, taxes, it's not a guarantee, but 13 years down the line, <laughs> is taxes going to be higher or lower? Probably higher. So they're gonna, I'm going to be taxed at a really high rate when I retire. So I said, no, I'm going to control my life. I'm going to control how we bank. So I took the money out. You know, you take a hit, right? The good thing with COVID is they didn't. Yeah, you didn't get 10%. You didn't have to pay the penalty. Yep. Yeah. And they upped it to 100 grand. Yeah. So what I did was I utilized that. I took the money out. You're going to pay taxes on it, but you didn't get hit on early, the you know, early yeah. withdrawal, right? So I put that in a life insurance policy, and then you can take policy loans out. You can pay it back when you want. So then I started using those policy loans to pay off certain debts. So it really freed up a lot of cash flow, which allowed me to get into smart real estate coach. And it really accelerated my prison break. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just, this is great. So I'm going to ask you to, so you got resourceful. you you picked two different ways to do this because a lot of people who want to leave their job or start another, you know, maybe do a different career, not necessarily leave a W2, do a different career, something you're more passionate about or start a business that you're passionate about. The money's always a block. So money mindset, and then your motivation, like a lot of people start businesses, don't really have a strong why behind it, you know, and we'll talk about that for you in a minute, but can you share the two resources that you just mentioned? Know both of them, but I want you to share the life insurance policy or the bank on yourself policy. Who did you use to get that set up? Yeah. So the HEOC is simple. You, you want no, the, to, be, the life insurance policy. Oh, the life yeah, insurance. Yeah, yeah. You know, with Smart Real Estate Coach, you're exposed to people that they use, right? Mm-hmm. Within their own lives and their own business. So I was able to get hooked up with Mark Willis. And he's fantastic. He's helped many, many lives within our the smart real estate coach genre or the community. Yes. And he's he's so see he set up kind of a business one for me where when I do get a house under contract and I get money coming in, that money's gonna go specifically with that policy. And then I can take policy loans out if I need. You know, typically with our business, you're not going to have any issues, but you know, they're going to rise as you experience it. <laughs> right. right. You probably have experience with, you know, buyers not performing and you have to make sure that you're paying the bills. So there's a separate policy for my business. And then my wife and I have our own personal one. It's so awesome to be able to control your own money, right? And so awesome. to have a legacy, right? We got, we put policies on our kids. We're funding a policy with our kids. The kids don't need to, you know, to get medical or anything like that to get the policy because they're under 18. So you just, you fund them. And then once they become of age, let's say they get married, then you just hand it off. And now, now that legacy rolls with them. So that's right. You're doing a great thing. And that's how you create generational wealth for you and your family and generations to come. And the reason I asked you is because now you mentioned a gentleman by the name of Mark Willis, and I use him as well. I have policies. He's been on the show. So for anyone who wants to learn what we're referring to right now, which I can tell you that a lot of people don't understand this, go listen to that episode. You can watch it on the channel and get in touch with Mark. He's one of the smartest people I've ever had the pleasure of being around, period. Every time I hear him talk, he gets smarter. 
All right. So appreciate you sharing that resource, Russell. What about the HELOC concept is you just really have to look at it as, and I've done this as well. We use it to blast our mortgage, but you can use it, as Russell said, debt. So you have a W-2 paycheck coming in every month. You're just using this strategy of simple interest versus compound interest. So a HELOC is simple interest. So if you're paying 5% on a loan, on a $10,000 loan, that's $500 a year. So do the math versus compound interest over 30 years. You know, it's a lot of money and you're using that to blast down your debt and basically using it as your checking account. And where did you learn this particular strategy? I want to give the listeners another resource again, because this, because you didn't start earning more money. You just shifted the way that you moved your money around and, and used some other resources. And then you were able to, you know, okay, we have more cash flow now. I'm not as nervous about leaving my job. So what was the other resource? Give us the other resource that you used for the HELOC. Yeah, I just, I was just, you know, fiddling around on YouTube and just, I'm not sure how it just came about. His name is Denzel, oddly enough, Denzel, Denzel Washington, but it's not the, not, not the actor. Yeah. So and I don't necessarily have an affiliate with him or anything like that. I was just, you know, listening to how it worked. Right. Yeah. And just doing my research and, you know, I'm wearing a shirt that, you know, life rewards action. What it was is this, I just took action, right? You just, you investigate. You learn, you change your mindset in a way that helps your family, right? So I took action. I just learned about it. It's called velocity making. And it just made sense, right? We had a steady paycheck. That's what made sense a lot, right? So I knew I had a certain cash flow. And the cash flow is the key, right? You have four numbers. You have your income. You have your expenses. You have your total debt. And then you have your cash flow. So the cash flow is key with velocity banking. All it takes is $500,000 of cash flow each month, and you can change the way you bank. And you just take total control of your expenses. You have to have some discipline too, but yeah, you're taking control. Yeah, just total control, right? Because we were just living paycheck to paycheck. We were, you know, we were late on certain, you know, credit cards and we're making plenty of money. And I just took a step back and said, well, what is going on here? So, you know, you peel the onion, you pull back the curtains and you just take a real hard look at your expenses. And then once that started to kind of come along, and like you said, it takes discipline. Once you do it monthly, yearly, and you see what's going on as far as your expenses and you, you see how positive it is towards yeah. your life, number one, because as you know, finances in people's lives could be a detriment, right? So once we started freeing up some cash flow, just to be honest with you, our marriage got better. <laughs> I love so, it. Yeah. You know yeah. what I'm saying? We were mm -hmm. able to help our kids out more. We were able to spend more, you know, and it's not about the money, right? But it's about the freedom, the freedom to be able to do certain things, right? My daughter was, she was in travel softball. And anybody knows about travel softball. It's pretty expensive. <laughs> you know, we're traveling to Florida, we're traveling to Canada, Missouri, wherever, Colorado. It, we were traveling everywhere. But because we were able to shift our finances, it was not a big deal anymore. Like before, we were like, it was concerning, right? How are we going to do this? How are we going to do that? But once we freed up cash flow, we were able to kind of take a deep breath and relax. And then it's like, okay, now let's go enjoy ourselves, right? 
Awesome. I love that story. I've, you know, for the listeners, Rusty and I have known each other for several years and I just learned that about you. So really awesome and that your relationship got better because it does, you know, and, and it sounds like you approach this from a team concept, like the both of you did. It wasn't, I'm going to do this alone. You guys sat down and came up with a plan. I'm curious, are you close to paying off your student debt or have you done that already? Or is, is it within sight? Give us an update. Give us some hope here. Yeah. So great, great question. It's crazy. My wife and I got married in, in 98, mm-hmm. 99, sorry. And we both had college debt. We combined it, which was not the smartest thing. And then we refinanced it, which is also not very smart. So we had over $110,000 in debt yeah. combined, right? And that was about $1,000 a month coming out of our, <laughs> our paycheck. It's like a house payment. Right. Yeah. I mean, you guys imagine, and we're in 2000, 2019 is when I started the velocity making. So, mm-hmm. you know, we're talking 20 years <laughs> of having $100,000 of school debt, $1,000 a month. I mean, just it let that sink in, right? And it, it wasn't going away for, it was probably going to be for life. I mean, we refinanced for 15 more years. So yeah. we were going to have 110 for another 15 years, another thousand dollars a month for 15 years. So when I transferred that TSA 401k, if you, for lack of a better term, into my life insurance policy, immediately we paid it off, paid off half of it, only half, right? So that's $500 a month, freed up cash flow, right? That money that I transferred from my TSA into my life insurance policy, now I have a death benefit. I have you know guaranteed 5% on that cash. You know, and then I borrowed against it. So that was huge, right? So now we have another 50 grand left to pay off. So my mom's house is free and clear. Mm. So I said, Hey, mom, <laughs> would you mind doing a HELOC <laughs> for 50K? Yeah. So I'm not ashamed to say that at 53, I'm asking for my mom for help, but she was more than willing to help me out. So she took out a $50,000 HELOC and a free and clear home of. You know, it's appraised at one million. So he lives in California, folks. By the, way. California, yeah. <laughs> so, the house I grew up in. So I asked her for a little help, right? So she took out a HELOC, 50 grand, paid off the remaining balance of our school loans. So we have no more school loans. And I pay her HELOC, which is $170 a month. <laughs> Repeat that. Repeat the payment, the monthly payment. Well, it's monthly now, it's 170, but as you know, simple interest, as the principal goes down, you're being charged a certain percent on the daily average. So as the principal goes down, obviously the payment's going to go down rather than amortize, which is, it's going to be a thousand dollars a month, no matter what the principal is, right? This is so awesome. I didn't know this was going to go here, but I'm just going to give everyone a recap on the math. $110,000 $110,000 that, you know, Rusty just said, he probably saw no end in sight. He'd carry it forever, right? Yep. $1,000 a month. Now it's down to $171 a month. So you freed up $829 worth of cash flow. Again, you just made a couple of moves, right? You got resourceful, you got educated, you learned, you learned about different strategies that you can use. You asked your mom for help and she's willing to do it. And it's like, it's not like it's costing her anything. You're paying it, right? So these are the types of things that you can do when you start thinking differently. And now you got $829 a month freed up yep. to do other things with. And that makes you feel a lot 
I mean, that's a lot of money for a lot of people. Yeah. And you're only paying the interest on the 50 grand versus, you know, I'm sure that student loan debt. I mean, again, do the math. You right. double the student loan debt, but you're paying $1,000 a month. So you're just getting completely annihilated on the interest on that. So good move. Good on you guys. And I love that you shared that because that would keep most people in your position. Probably you would have worked the next 13 years to get the pension, right? The full pension. Yeah. So by the time I retire, supposedly my student loan debt would be done, right? So Yeah. And I don't think we're not encouraging everyone here to, you know, take your 401k or your retirement account and, you know, cash it out. But it's like, just learn that there's other things you can do with it. Okay. It doesn't, number one, have the mindset that it is your money. It's yours. It doesn't belong to anybody else. And you should have complete control over it. You know, I had a lot of money in my 401k before I left my job and I was trusting it blindly to people I didn't know hedge fund managers, mutual funds. I had no control over it. I didn't really know what I was doing in terms of where to put it. It wasn't until I took control of it to where I could just say, okay, well, I can invest in this apartments and syndication, or I can loan some money out to people. I have complete control because you can, you know, not to go off on a tangent here, but you know, you can do self-directed 401ks, self-directed IRAs. And if you have a business, you can get into solo 401ks. That's what I have for my business. And you can have a loan component. You can buy these policies. You can borrow from it. I mean, and you have complete control and you can invest in alternative assets, not just the stock market. So just another nugget there. Russell, what's next for you? You've left this job. What are you doing now? Tell us a little bit about your new venture here. Yeah. So, you know, smart real estate coach, we're buying and selling on terms, right? So we I started that business 2019, you know, and, and it was just a, kind of a side gig, right? Aside from my teaching. So I get home, there's always a story, you know, I would send my kids on a mile run <laughs> and I would make calls. <laughs> I would make calls as they would yep. run the mile, right? It's one of my famous stories within Smart Real Estate Coach. And then I'd come home and spend an hour, hour and a half on making calls and calling sellers, right? But the community Smart Real Estate Coach, Chris and Zach, I started coaching other associates around the nation in 2021. And it was just, again, it was more of a side gig. It was, I had, you know, maybe four or five associates that I was coaching. And again, it's in my blood, right? I just felt the passion of just watching them succeed. You know, so I'm just switching gears from, you know, teaching and coaching teenagers to teaching and coaching adults that want to change their lives. So in 2021, they asked me, and then the beginning of 2022, they asked me to come on full time. So they're going to, you know, they offered to give me a salary. So I am technically switching, you know, a W2 to another W2. However, it's not the same, right? There's incentives, obviously. I get bonuses and stuff. So it's a different adventure. It's scary, right? Because it's not, <laughs> you're going from a secure paycheck month to month with health insurance and all that kind of stuff to what? <laughs> but I saw the growth within the company. I think it was growing at 40% each year. They need coaches as they grow. So my ultimate goal in 2024 is just hopefully it's sooner to be the head coach of all the coaches nice. and be in charge of that, right? And just have freedom, right? Just be, you know, I am going to be working at home. You know, I'm not going to be able to see my coworkers, you know, at school anymore. You know, I'll miss that. 
but I won't miss the grind, and, you know, the rat race, as they call it. You know, there's a story with, you know, I called in sick a few months back and I ran out, and, you know, you get sick days and you get personal leave days, right? You get mm -hmm. 10 a year, <laughs> right? So I used up on my personal leave days and they charged me for it. <laughs> I looked at my paycheck and they took it out of my paycheck because I ran out of days. I used too many, but I had like sick days left. Yeah. I used the wrong avenue, right? I should have used sick days instead of, so it's just, that was kind of like the turning point. It's like, you're charging me. <laughs> I have days, I have, you know, at least sick days, whatever, whatever you want to call it. But that was kind of the turning point, which is, you know, <laughs> I want to be in control. I don't want people taking money away from me just because, you know, I want to call them sick or whatever. So, you know, what does the future look like? You know, hopefully I'll be the head coach of all the coaches within the company and, you know, we'll go from there. I love that you have a stated goal and a timeline associated with it. This is super important, folks. If you want something, you can't just have it floating around in your head. I guarantee you, Russell's got it written down and he just spoke it. He knows it. He's very specific with it. This matters. Okay. So this is another lesson that you just learned from Coach Rusty. We have many names for Russell Ham here and El Rusty is one that we call him in the, in the community. And I mean, he's been a coach for 30 years. So now he's coaching, he's got a real estate business and he's coaching others how to do it. So, you know, he still has the giving back mentality and which is great. And I can tell you that I've watched you grow over the last couple, three years, and it's been tremendous. And I hundred percent think you'll be the head coach and I'm really excited for you. And it's just, it's great. Yeah, it is scary, but at the same time, you know, it's liberating as well because you have this freedom, you know, you get to, you mentioned your wife, you mentioned your kids and you've taken control of your situation versus relying on somebody else, which in your situation was the government. <laughs> Tell us how we can get in touch with you. People want to learn more about your real estate business because you're buying properties in California. How do people get in touch with you there? Yeah, you can go to my own website, mm -hmm. www.hampropertysolutions.com. And then just it has the buying part and the selling part of selling on terms. And any other places we can find you? That's ham, like the deli meat property solutions. Yeah. Any other places we can? Yeah, just one of them. People just get confused with that too. So it's just one of them, H A M. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm HPS Russell Ham on Instagram and Facebook. I'm on both of those social media channels as well. Okay. I'm going to ask you a couple more questions before we wrap up here. Now you gave one book recommendation. I always ask people about books. So you rich dad, poor dad, if you know, you haven't, if you're in real estate and you haven't read that one, I mean, I, I don't know what to say. Any other books maybe that you're reading now or recently that may have really helped you with this recent transition that you've made that you want to share with the listeners? Yeah. So there's two specific ones that just came to my mind real quick, which is mm -hmm. profit first which is super important if you're going to, you know, obviously for a business, but we used, I treated our personal expenses as business expenses, right? So I, I used profit first. So I have, you know, several different accounts that were funneling that, that new cash flow that we have. We funnel that money into certain buckets, so to speak. And then Possible Hill by Peter Totten, you know, find your North Star. So this is my North Star. I'm attacking this hill. And I'm sure there's going to be other hills in the near future, right? This is not my only hill that I'm going to be going after. I'm sure there's, there'll be another hill to go after, right? 
Absolutely. Uh, two great recommendations, Profit First by Mike Michalowicz. And that is basically pay yourself first. Why are you paying everybody else before you pay yourself? So, and this is actually a, one of the great lessons from this book is I taught my son this. So I give him allowance and he pays himself first. I'm like, go put this in the will only jar and you can, you know, use it to invest in something. So teach your kids these lessons. Impossible Hill, I'm guilty. It's on my list and I have it here. I just, you know, I have so many books. I haven't gotten to it yet, but I'm looking forward to reading that one. We'll put both of those links in the show notes. Russ, any final thoughts, anything I didn't ask you or that you didn't get to share that you wanted to drop today? Because you've been really given some great tools and resources and feedback on your journey. Right. And you've mentioned it several times. Be resourceful. People, they get stuck in their ways. The word can't comes into mind for a lot of people. Like, oh, I can't do this. I can't do that. Just reach out to people, do your research, take action. Like, I, you know, I have the shirt on, just, just take action, right? It's scary, right? When I resigned last Friday, it was scary. Like I emailed the principal and the district and I copied her. And then she emailed back. She says, wow, this is really happening, <laughs> right? So it's scary. But as long as you take action and have the right mindset, you can accomplish anything, seriously. So, you know, I appreciate this podcast because it kind of came right at the right time, right? You started this podcast and I took action to fire my district. So I really appreciate you having me on and being able to tell my story. Yeah, no, it's great. And yeah, the timing is pretty awesome. So we're both passionate about helping people break free. And I'm going to ask you one more question about what your final thought, which was, okay, so you sent this email to resign. There was anxiety around it, obviously, yeah. right? I was petrified to do it. What was the reaction like? Share with us what their reaction was. And did you project onto that situation, meaning like, you know, they were going to have a different reaction than they did? Right. So I wrote it in the morning as soon as I got there mm -hmm. right? <laughs> at a draft. <laughs> Yep. And I was staring at it all day. <laughs> sure. So it was pretty scary, right? 23 years of teaching, giving up that security. It was pretty scary, right? So the principal knew, right? We've had several conversations over the year. I've actually worked with the principal for 19 years. Yeah. Right? He was my assistant principal at another site. And he was my principal at this school. I would occasionally go into his office. We would talk real estate because he wants to do the same thing, but his mindset is not there, right? He's yeah. like, well, I, I got this. I have to wait until I'm this age, right? And so we would have those conversations. So he knew, right? And then other people knew as well because I just, and like you said, when I made the decision, I told everyone. <laughs> and I don't know if that was a smart thing to do because, you know, I wasn't sure about, and that was before, they offered me a salary. The smart yeah. real estate coach offered me yeah. a salary. So in my mind, I was done. So I was telling everybody, but I, you know, the kids didn't know. I was trying to, you know, still be the teacher that I was. I didn't like not do my job. But writing that email as soon as I got there was pretty scary, right? Yeah. And I stared at it. But the response was, hey, congratulations. You know, it was more, a lot of people were in envy because I'd made that move. You know, because teachers, you get stuck, right? After a certain <laughs> amount of years, it's teachers, when you get old, <laughs> when you teach a lot of years, sometimes you lose that passion, right? A lot of my friends that are teachers were envious. They were just like, oh my God, you are actually doing this. <laughs> like, you know, they're one side, they're like, oh, you're crazy. But on the other side is, 
they're like, I wish I was doing what you were doing, right? Yeah. So Well, they can, maybe you've inspired them and, you know, maybe if you can get one of them, I know that would make you happy because yeah, you do lose it. I don't have any experience with teaching, but I could imagine that after a long time, you know, it just becomes, you know, it becomes like robotic, you know, and you're not maybe as passionate as before, especially when you have other things you want to do. We all change. So great final note there. It was scary, but you did it. And it wasn't as bad as you thought. People didn't, you know, weren't jumping out of the building. So it was okay. All right. Hey, listen, man, it was great to see you. I appreciate you being on and really adding value. And I hope we're giving people hope here that you don't have to make these drastic changes in your life to get to where you want to go. You just got to, as Russell said, you know, just got to be resourceful and, you know, have the right mindset and get around the right people. So I appreciate everyone tuning in. Make it a great day and we'll see you next week. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the W2 Prison Break Show. Don't forget, you can watch all full video episodes on our YouTube channel. Definitely check that out and please subscribe. Go to w2prisonbreak.com to learn more. If you like this show, please leave us a rating and review so we can continue to support you and the thousands of others planning their W2 Prison Break. Here's to you busting out.